This is Heart of a Lion, the official podcast of UNA Athletics. Suzuki crosses the timeline with two half-court heave on the way. She hit it. Gains the trigger. Bounces left to 15 outside to the 10. Cuts up to the 5 for the pylon. Dives. Cuts down North Alabama. Parker triggers his second rushing score of the ball game. Susie, his shot fake, drives in. Runner on the way. Trickles in. Counted in one for Will Susie. Drive towards center. This ball's way out of here. Two-run home run, Georgia land. Welcome to this special football edition of Heart of a Lion. I'm Benjamin Ray alongside my good friend and broadcast partner, Brian Neese. North Alabama football back home this weekend, taking on Alston P. The first time we'll be inside of Brawley Stadium in 42 days. The last game at home came back September 24th against Tarleton State. Since then, we've had the bye week. Road games at Kennesaw State, Eastern Kentucky, and Central Arkansas with the Toyota Field Jacksonville State game sandwiched in between all that. Brian, my friend, it's going to be nice to be in Florence this weekend. Yes, it really is. You mentioned 42 days, and if you had asked me, I would probably said it would have been a lot longer than that. It just, oh my goodness, it feels like it's been forever, and uh, we've seen uh, a lot of places since that time, but uh, it'll be good to get back inside Brawley and uh, uh, watch this football game between UNA and Austin P. We're going to hear from interim head football coach Ryan Held here in just a moment. We've also got two players joining us, freshman quarterback Noah Walters and grad starting safety Kyrie Fields. And Brian, a week when UNA football needs the energy, the theme this week has been drain the battery. I'm sure we'll hear Coach Held talk about that. The energy level has been off the books at practice this week. It does. It, it, it's a big week for North Alabama football, and, and I know that uh, the guys will be ready to go when Saturday gets here. They're, they're ready. They're ready to get back on the field and, and focus on the field and, and get back in front of their home fans and their family and friends and everything. So it, it, it'll be good this week. I think it'll be uh, a day full of, of fun at Brawley Stadium, and uh, you know I'm looking for good things from the Lions. And it's a matchup against a tough Austin P team, one of the top scoring defenses, not just in the A-Sun, but in the entire nation, giving up just 20.9 points per game, holding their opponents under 100 yards rushing. We know how good the UNA ground game has been. This is a very talented Austin P team coming in this weekend. I'm excited to watch that matchup that you were just talking about, the linebacking core for Austin P and the, the running game for North Alabama. Those are two of the – the top unit in uh, in the A Sun, uh, Austin P is going to bring an outstanding linebacking core in here, and we all know what Shunderry Powell and uh, his offensive line and what they've done. It's that is just a, a matchup that I'm really excited to watch. Shun Derek Powell over a thousand yards rushing, first time since 2015, tied for fifth on the school's all-time single-season rushing mark with a, a very familiar name for UNA fans in Kenyatta Jones. Brian, he's got a shot at Tyrone Rush's single-season rushing mark. He's just over 300 yards away from that. I think it's about 350, 351, or something like that. And the way Shun Derek Powell has run at home this season, he might almost get there in one game. He could. He literally could. Um, you know, I think the thing that I was most impressed with uh, last Saturday night on a tough night uh, over in Arkansas was the way he continued to run late in the game. Um, the, the outcome had been decided long before, uh, but you see Shunderick Powell, one of his best runs of the night came when the game, the outcome was already decided. But 
Uh, Shunderick was still running hard, and that's just the type of player he's been all year long. Can't wait to watch Shunderick run under the lights in Brawley Stadium on Saturday, 4 p.m. kick. We hope you'll join us there. All right, let's get into this. Let's have Ryan Held up next. We'll later on we'll hear from Noah Walters and Kyrie Fields. Interim head football coach Ryan Held joins us now. Benjamin Ray and Brian Neese with you. And Coach Held, the theme the last couple of days from you has been drain the battery, empty the battery. Has it felt that way at practice this week? Well, there's no doubt. I, I definitely can feel my battery being drained. Um, I know the players have as well. They've, I tell you, man, they've they've really responded and bought into what we've been trying to get done the last three days. And uh, the energy's been awesome. Uh, you know, and and you know, listen, they they want to they want to go out there and do well. Uh, they want to go out there and compete. Um, we're at home, which is nice. We get to sleep in our own bed, but uh, they're competitors. And, you know, we've had you know some different situations this year that that goes the other way. You know, where maybe we're in a different situation, but um, you know, it isn't. This is what this is our re- reality right now. And um, but I couldn't ask for anything more from our players and coaches, managers. You know, video people, everybody, the everybody's stepping it up, and they want to go out there and get better. Coach Held, I, I think one of the true measurements of, of a team, any team, football, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. True measurement of a, of a team is when things don't go your way, things are going rough, and it's a rough patch. If you're still competing, uh, you know you've got a, a good group of guys. You know you got a good team, and that sounds like what you've got right here. Well, I can tell you this: if 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 the average person came out and watched our practice. They would not think that we were a one-win football team. And, uh, you know, listen, uh, uh, you know, it's not a pat on my back. It's not a pat on anybody's back. It's the reality of setting the expectations, setting the goals, setting the mission that we need to get accomplished the last three weeks. Uh, And our guys have bought into it. Now, obviously, we got to go out and execute. um, But, you know, like Ben said, we're going to drain the battery. We owe it to Coach Willis. We owe it to... Uh, the university, Dr. Kitts, and everybody that's up in the upper administration, Dr. Looney, all our fans, all the former great players that have been here, we owe it to them. And, uh, you know, people have asked me, well, what do you got to play for? Well, there's a lot to play for. And uh, we're going to play for everybody that's worn the purple uh, because it means so much to them, every high school coach, every person that turns on the the ESPN Plus and want to watch, we owe it to them. Uh, And then if you have any competitive bone in your body, um, you're going to go out there because they're taking score and you want to go out there and win. Um, and that's it's non-negotiable, and our guys, have, they understand that, and we just got to go out there and, and it's like a boxing match, um, one round at a time uh, and take it one play at a time and uh, know that it's going to be a physical war uh, against a good football team, but I think our guys are going to be up for the challenge. Energy, you've talked about that a lot during practice this week. I'm sitting in my office, and all of a sudden I hear this bullhorn, foghorn, whatever you want to call it, going off. And I'm like, what's going on? And I walk out there, and you guys are doing some competitive drills. What have you guys been doing to bring the energy this week? Well, you know, we we want to bring a competitive spirit in everything we do. Um, You know, the horn today was, you know, we could be doing whatever and we blow the horn, and at that moment it stops, and we run to the 50, and what is the challenge? And so I would have an O-line versus a D-line, and third and five, you gotta got to get the sack or get the block. 101 versus a wide receiver DB. Here it is. This is for the game, fourth and five. You either cover them or you don't. Put the ball on the five-yard line. It's for the game. One more play. You either get off the field or, or you score a touchdown. 
And, you know, in the game of football, there's always sudden changes. There's always momentum shifts. And I want guys, we want guys that when that happens, it's not, oh, geez, no, I'm going to attack this. I'm going to embrace this opportunity. No fear of failure. I want to be the guy that shoots the last shot. I want to be the guy that makes the play. Um, we watched a Kobe Bryant video today. Um, I loved Kobe Bryant, and, uh, you know, that was a deal for him. No fear of failure. I want our guys on Saturday going out there, not worrying about missing this, doing this, going out there, playing with their hair on fire, and then let the chips fall where they go. Coach, obviously it's been a, a tough week, a different week around the campus there. What was the message to your team from you? Well, you know, listen, in life things are going to happen. And, uh, you know, there's going to be adversity. There's going to be changes. There's going to be things that happen. Uh, listen, at the end of the day, it's a, it's a performance-based business. And, uh, you know, I dealt with that last year at the University of Nebraska. Um, you know, so I've dealt with it a little bit. Um, it, it's not fun. But at the end of the day, this is what we all sign up for. Um, but you know, when Dr. Looney came to me and said, Hey, you want to do this the last three weeks? I said, absolutely. Because it's for the kids though. These guys deserve the right and the opportunity as much work as they put in to have a coaching staff that's going to finish it out and not try to just get to the end of the season, put the pads up. We're going out here, uh, like our hair is on fire to, to finish it out. And in life, you have a choice. You finish the job. You leave it better than what you're, you, you, you know, it was when you were handed the keys. And that's what we're going to do. And I can't control anything but that. Um, but everybody in the building has a, has a buzz about them. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean success. But I promise you, when you see a t our team on Saturday, uh, they're going to be a group that's going to be flying around, having fun. Um, you know, we'll see what happens. But uh, we're definitely going to do that. Uh, but, you know, you, you can't cry about it. You can't worry about it. Uh, you know, I'm a man of faith, and I know that God has my back. And so at the end of the day, he has my assignment, whether it's here or somewhere else. Coach, let's talk about this team and what we've seen. Let's start on the offensive side of the football. You back up Eastern Kentucky, 53 points, 571 yards of total offense, 356 on the ground. Next week, Central Arkansas, 29 points, 392 on the ground. And I know not necessarily the results that, that we wanted, but what do you say to you, offense with a lot of young pieces where they experience the high success one week and maybe not so much the next week? Well, it, you know, why didn't that happen? You know, we got to look at the film and, and, and really, you know, dial it up and dissect it. Uh, I mean, you look at it, you know, we had about 400 yards offense and should have had 200, 200 more easy. Um, you know, we should have had 40-plus points. You know, we just had some catastrophic, you know, second down and two, we lose nine yards. You know, we drop a pass that should have been a 40-yard gain. We, the trick play should have been a 70-yard touchdown. You know, those are plays you don't get back. Problem is, guys, they play these video games. You get, oh, I don't like the result, and you hit reset. We don't get to do that in college football. That's why, you know, like blowing the horn, it's this is the play. This is the moment. You don't get to repeat it. Um, so that's where, you know, we had to stress it. Um, you know, obviously defensively, uh, what I've told Coach Campbell and the defensive staff, I want to see a group that lines up, they know their gap, they know what their responsibility is, they, they play physical, um, they, they get to where they're supposed to, they fly to the ball, uh, get on each other's hats and play with passion and emotion. That's what I want to see uh, the last three games. And so far in practice, uh, they've done a tremendous job. Um, they won the two-minute drill twice uh, yesterday. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what it takes. What, how, uh, what kind of competitor are you? Are you, are you going to go out there and, and compete every play, or are you just going to try to get through? 
And, you know, like I said, it, it doesn't necessarily guarantee success, but as a, as a new guy coming in in a, in a different circumstance, I couldn't be more pleased. But there's still so much more work to get to 402 on Saturday. I get that right, Ben? 402, you <laughs> nailed it. The 02 is the TV kick That's for those right. listening. All Sorry, right. Brian. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, much has been made of the size of Shundering Power, but uh, you look at his numbers, and, and it's just, just so impressive, the numbers that he's been able to put up. Coach, what makes him so good? Well, he, he always comes with a smile on his face every single day. He's got a million-dollar smile. He just is an explosive uh fast twitch just he, he just you know he just has some tremendous talent and he's got that dog in him you know he he has the ability to um be physical when he needs to bring finesse you know he's kind of you know he's got a lot of different people's game you know in his game you know he's got some Le'Veon Bell in him where he kind of is patient and boom hits it obviously he has you know if you remember old Jamal Charles from Texas back in the day he has that game breaking speed um you know so he he just has a lot of a lot of great uh, attributes, but he's a great teammate. Um, he loves the game. And, you know, thing about him, he's like Aaron Judge. You know, anytime he gets the ball, he can go all the way. Uh, and, the, you know, as we um, continue to, to get this going the last three games and whatever happens in the future, but I know that, you know, if I am here, we want to continue to recruit game changers that you put five game, game changers on the field that if they get the ball, they can go all the way. It makes off uh, defense. Uh, it makes it hard for the defense. What about the way he's handled the pressure of being named to the Walter Payton Award watch list midseason and all of a sudden the secret's out on Shunderick Powell. Everybody knows he's a playmaker, and he follows that up with 218 yards against Eastern Kentucky, over 100 against Central Arkansas last week as well. But what about just that response with all the attention he's getting? Well, you know, that's the thing when, when, when a person – um, you know, has success in front of them, all right, or have had, you know, accolades and pats on the back, how do you respond? Are, do you have that chip on your shoulder more? Or you start reading your press clippings and get, yeah, maybe today I won't go as hard and, you know, I'll just kind of get through because everybody thinks I'm really good. And so, you know, you know that's, that's been something that, that I talked to him about because I've been a lot, around a lot of great running backs, you know, the last few years uh, at the places I've been. And, you know, those guys that were in that, that mode – uh, they came to grind every single day, and that's what he's got to do. He's got three more games. Uh, obviously, he's a 1,000-plus-yard rusher. He's not a secret. Everybody knows who he is. But uh, I, th I think that, you know, we can continue to still put him in position where he can make big plays. And then, you know, we're going to need him to get that yard when we need it, um, you know, and, and rip up through the tackle. And then we'll get him outside and do all different kind of stuff with him. Coach, it's been no secret the last few games. The defense has struggled a little bit. What do you want to see from those guys and that, that unit over these last three games? I, I want, you know, with, with Coach Campbell and what I talked about, just being out at practice, um, you know, flying to the football, um, having that effort. Um, but it all starts on I want a simple package. Um, I want them to know where I line up, where should my eyes be, where, where is my gap, um, what is my fit, uh, where do I need to be in the secondary? Uh, my linebacker needs to know, okay, if this happens, here's where my extra help is. And then it becomes an effort deal, you know. It becomes, again, either you will or you won't. Either you are or you aren't. It's a choice. And defense, you got to play with passion. I've been a defensive coordinator many times in my coaching career. And, uh, um, you know, I'm probably more wired up at times for that. I'm a little bit crazier. 
um, that way, uh, you know. But it's 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 emotion, it's passion, it's playing with each other and and knowing situational football and and getting off the field on third down um, and you know having first down success. Um, we obviously haven't been able to do that the last few games. We've given up um, some points, but I tell you, these guys have really responded. They want to go out there and get it fixed um, and not just get through it. So uh, we know we got a great challenge against P, uh, but, you know, that's, that's the deal. We get to play at home. They get to come to our place, um, and we're just, you know, uh, people, uh, I want them to see a group that, that are going to go out and they're, they're ready to go to battle and, and fight till the clock says zero. Does it help on defense having guys like Micah Bland, Kyrie Fields, veterans that have been around for a while, played a lot of college football, sort of helping during this time? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, you know, if those guys haven't, if they wouldn't have bought in up to this point, then it makes it hard, right, as a coach, because, you know, the younger players look up to the older guys. And if they wouldn't have bought in, uh, then it makes it more difficult. But they absolutely have bought in. Um, and, you know, I think everybody sees it. Uh, you know, it, it's it's kind of us against the world because you look at it. I mean, on paper, uh, people would say we're not supposed to win. But, that, you know, that's the beauty of sports. That's why they, they kick the ball off. That's why uh, there's two teams that go compete. And, uh, you know, we look forward to uh, to going out there and, and, and playing for, for North Alabama. Uh, you know, the, 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 the logo on the side, uh, you know, we're going to play for the – for the name in the front, not on the back, um, when it comes down to it, even though we do want to represent our families uh, the way it needs to be. But um, we'll get after it. Like I said, we're going to drain this thing, um, and then whatever happens, happens. Uh, But I have fun coming to work every day. People have been awesome. Uh, I've got a lot of supportive texts, emails from, you know, colleagues of of mine across the country. Um, And, uh, you know, that's, that's, that's awesome. Um, but, you know, Dr. Looney has a has a big decision to make, and he's got to go through the process. He's got to find the right coach for North Alabama because this is a big hire for him. Uh, we all respect that, but we know what the deal is. And, uh, you know, whatever happens, happens. But, uh, you know, through this process, um, a little bit selfish here, but, um, you know, my whole life I've wanted to be a Division One coach. And, you know, obviously the circumstance, you don't want to get it to a certain degree with the circumstance. Um, because you don't want, you know, Coach Willis has been an incredible mentor and person to me. Um, but when it's presented to you, um, you, you you take the reins and you run with it. And um, so I'll get a chance for three games no matter what happens. And I'm going to relish and embrace it and make Coach Willis and his family proud and everybody at UNA proud as much as we can. Yeah, Coach, I don't know about others, but you've got me fired up. I'm ready <laughs> right? to run. I'm ready to run through a wall right now. I, I'm an old fullback. I'm ready to just lower my head and, and get in there and, and bust somebody. I know if I'm feeling that, the players have to be feeling that too. Well, again, it, 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 it's it's it, it's these guys have been awesome. I mean, like you you can't even draw it up any better. Um, now we just got to go. We got to have a good Thursday. We got to have a good Friday. Uh, Thursday is the most important night of sleep. You know, we gotta we gotta really get in our beds, and it's gotta matter. You know, how much film are we watching on Austin P? Um, then when we wake, we 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 wake up on Saturday, it's go time. Uh, no fear of failure, because um, we know what we're doing, and uh, and we go out there and play with passion, and enthusiasm, and and I'm, that's what I want to see. Uh, I want to see these guys have the opportunity for success and put ourselves in position. Uh, to be in this game in the fourth quarter and have a chance to win.
All right, let's talk a little bit about Austin P. The Governors, we last played Austin P. back in 1978. Wow. Their return to Florence for the first time since 1977. 13-5 all-time in a series that dates back to 1949. A lot of history there and here we are meeting for the first time at the division one level we look at this matchup coach and we talk about our rushing attack uh, that's one of the strengths of this govs defense just how stout is this group they're good you know they they run an odd front um they move a lot and uh you know they're strong and physical they come downhill and uh their dbs fill the alley well um and they play you know they play hard and you know schematically there's certain things they do that you know we have to try not to to be in certain situations or maybe a formation that, that uh, you know, it doesn't bode well for us. But, uh, you know, I mean, the stats are the stats, right? Um, you know, they've been able to, to give up, what, 90 yards a game or whatever it is, and uh, around 265 yards overall. Uh, they're well coached, and, you know, their head coach does a really nice job of, you know, he's got a lot of energy and passion for their program. Uh, actually, their athletic director, Gerald Harrison, was actually at the University of Tennessee when I was there as a GA. He was a GA for Philip Fulmer. Uh, so I know Gerald is a grinder and works hard and has got that place going uh, what, you know, where they want it to go, and it's, it's ascending up. Um, that's crazy to think that last home game, I was three years old uh, when, when, they, when the old Peasters <laughs> rolled into Florence, Alabama. Um, you know, so uh, it, it's one of those deals that, hey, uh, they're coming back, uh, and you know now we get to go against a really good football team, a well-coached team, and um, you know that's what you want to do. You want to you want to have those challenges against good football, uh, well-coached teams that do it the right way. Uh, Coach, the linebacking core for Austin P is one of the best linebacking core I've seen uh, in the A Sun and maybe even the FCS. Talk about uh, what you'll see Saturday from Austin P's linebackers. Well, they're a good-looking group aesthetically. You know, they're put together well physically. Um, you know, they're downhill guys. They get off blocks well. Um, you know, they're physical. And, uh, you know, they're, they don't shy from anything. Um, so, you know, that's, that's, the, that's the deal. If you don't mas match that physicality, uh, hence why teams have been running for 90 yards a game. Uh, so you have to be able to match that uh, and be physical. Um, you know, and be, be okay with three yards uh, because, uh, you know, there's going to be some, some times where three yards is what it is, and then you just got to keep sticking with it. And, you know, obviously we got to be able to execute on third down. We weren't as good last week on third down. We should have had three or four more conversions. Um, you know, we got to be able to throw the ball some as well and be balanced, um, keep them, you know, on their heels a little bit, give them some different looks. Uh, but, yeah, they're again, they're well coached and, um, you know, again, there's certain things that, you know, we're probably not going to be able to do in certain formations and stuff. Uh, but there's other things we feel good in the game plan. Obviously, we got to go out and execute it. It looks good on, on film now uh, to a certain degree, just like everybody feels when they go into a game. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, we got to be able to go and execute, communicate, make sure everybody's on the same page and go out there and do our thing. Coach Austin P, what's it going to take to get a win on Saturday? And what's your pregame message to, to fans as they head to Brawley Stadium for the first time in 42 days? Well, uh, we appreciate you coming out. Um, be loud for us. Our kids, they need you. Uh, they need you in that stadium uh, being loud and passionate for us. Uh, the message, uh, you know, to the players is, you know, DDT, all right? Uh, discipline, um, dedication, toughness, uh, details, uh, all that kind of stuff that, that it's going to take, um, you know, and then we got to go out there. We can't turn the ball over. We need to get some turnovers. 
you know, we got to be balanced on offense. Uh, you know, we need to score touchdowns in the red zone. Then defensively, we got to stop the run, number one, and then put them in third down situations where they got to be able to, to move the chains. And then we need to get off the field. We got to be better on special teams with field position, but that's both sides of the ball changing field positions and uh, helping that out. And uh, maybe we can get a punt return or a kickoff return and, you know, just go out there and just do our thing, you know, just lay it all on the line. Um, and uh, at 402, we'll be ready to go. 402 kick, Coach. We can't wait to watch. We appreciate you breaking it down with us, and we'll see you Saturday. Absolutely. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Have a great night. Noah Walters, true freshman from Lincoln, Nebraska. Eight games played this season. He has started seven straight, throwing for 1,589 yards, 15 touchdowns on the season, including a lot of games with three touchdowns working, a lot of deep balls. He's on the Jerry Rice Award watch list, given to the top FCS freshman, and he's joining us next year on the podcast. Noah Walters, thanks for stopping by. Yeah, thank you. All right, so your first collegiate touchdown went to Corson Swan to tie the game in the fourth quarter against Indiana State. Was that first touchdown everything you dreamed it would be? Uh, everything happened pretty quick, you know. Uh, it was in that fourth quarter where uh, they threw me in there, see what I could do. Uh, but I just took it as I'm just going to have fun. Uh, I got nothing to lose. I'm a freshman going in to play my first game. So uh, I really just had fun in those last few drives. And then on that course and one, just had to make a play, get out of the pocket. And uh, he had a, he made an amazing catch. Noah, Brian Neese here. And, and the, the one thing that was going through my mind, thinking back to that game, was how your head had to be swimming. I know you'd gone through fall camp and, and you know, you were, you were prepared to play, but that first game, it, it's, it's gotta be butterflies and head swimming. It, it was, was it anything like that at all? Uh, going on the bus on the way to the stadium. Uh, I was pretty excited to be honest. Uh, I was just thinking I'm living the dream. Uh, I've always wanted to play division one football and, uh, going to that game. I, I was just excited to be on the sidelines, hanging out with, with some of the boys. But, uh, I don't know, when I got that call to go in, uh, I wasn't really nervous, surprisingly. Uh, I was ner really nervous for high school games, but as soon as I went in, I wasn't very nervous. I just knew I just knew I had nothing to lose. The most impressive stat to me is you've played in eight games now, and you've led four go-ahead or tying drives in the fourth quarter this season, the Indiana State game against Kennesaw State on the road twice, then against Eastern Kentucky, that's pretty clutch. And you're a true freshman. Where does that clutchness come from? Uh, in high school, you know, uh, we had a couple close games. Uh, we threw the ball a lot. And uh, in high school, they, they really just gave me a lot of uh, opportunity to make plays. So uh, going out there and trying to make a play was nothing uh, unordinary for me. Uh, that's just what I had to do, and I brought it over since, since I've been doing it since day one. No, you've obviously obviously settled into this spot. Uh, we're eight games in, and and it's uh, it's your spot now. Uh, talk about the other guys around you, the other quarterbacks. Uh, how have they been? How have they helped you in your role as being the starter? Uh, the spot the spot really isn't secured. Uh, Ben's given me a great run every single practice. Uh, he has some really really good days. I'll have some really good days, and we'll both have some bad days. Uh. But he gives me a lot of competition, and I give him so much credit for that. Uh, he previously was at Oklahoma, and uh, he, he knows a lot. He got coached by some pretty good coaches, and uh, he's helped me out through, through some of the, through some of the uh, games. And then having those older guys there is just a blessing. You know, uh, they're able to really, really help me, help me put it in simple terms, 
uh, being a freshman, you know, you don't always understand those big college football terms right away. Uh, and those guys really helped me, uh, pull me aside, give me tips. Uh, I just can't thank them enough. Sean Derek Powell. What's it like playing with him? Just how electric of a running back is he? Uh, it's amazing. You know, uh, handing the ball off to him and knowing that at any moment he could take it for a 60, 70 yard touchdown is a pretty good feeling. Uh, being able to have a pass off pal is, uh, is pretty freaking nice. No, I, I, I'm going to ask you this. The one thing I have noticed watching your games, and I've, I've made mention about this on the air, is a lot of times Shundari gets the ball or whoever gets the ball in the backfield. Well, you look down at the field, and there's number six out there blocking for him. Is that instinct? Uh, have the coaches told you not, not to do that? that? That just surprises me, and I love it. I think it's awesome. You know, I'm trying to just do what I can to get Powell uh, extra extra couple yards. Uh, if that's me going out there and chipping some dude, that's me chipping some dude. Uh, I know a couple times I've got boomed, and uh, every single one of the quarterbacks in the quarterback <laughs> room have gave me a bunch of crap for it. Uh, but I like doing it. You know, it, it's fun going out there because guys don't expect it. A lot of the uh, defensive players don't expect me to go, go chip them or throw some hands on them. But uh, got to do what you got to do. Building off of that, the quarterback sneak. You had an 11-yard quarterback sneak against Eastern Kentucky. I think it was a third one or fourth and one. I can't remember. Yeah, I think, yeah, if you kept one. your feet, I know you were practically crawling it. You might have scored. But does Shundek Powell give you a pretty big boost from behind on that? Yeah, he. Uh, I can definitely feel him from behind. He's he's shoving his way through. Uh, yeah, I just I pick up my feet, and Powell's the only one doing the job behind me. The game this year, it looks to me, though, it, it slowed down for you a little bit. You look much more comfortable. Um, the throws that you're making are, are some unbelievable throws. What is it about the game that, that you love so much, and, and has it slowed down for you some? Uh, it has, you know, uh, but every game's different. You know, every, every defense gives me a different look. There's uh, special players on each defense that I have to prepare for, uh, and if I'm not prepared all, for them, uh, they'll show. And uh, I think I think these games, uh, when I just get in my uh, playmaking, little settle-in playmaking ability, uh, I think games go pretty well for us. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's easy it's easy to make plays when you uh, have a great run game too. All right, yeah. from Lincoln, Nebraska, the Gatorade Player of the Year. Your high school career. What are some of your favorite memories? Uh, <laughs> dropping back and passing almost every play. <laughs> uh, my brother previously uh was quarterback there and the history of the program was just run 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 every single play until you get into a third and long situation then you drop back and throw it but uh my high school they gave me the ball and i'd throw it 40 times a game and 40 times 40 50 times a game and it, it's it's amazing it, it was so much fun no i'm interested in what uh what you loved about florence what do you what do you love about the una uh, I love how it's just like, it's not too big, not too small. Uh, everyone here, it's almost like, uh, almost a little bit like, uh, Nebraska, you know, everyone here is just settled in, uh, it's a secret, secret of the South. Uh, but yeah, I like the warm weather too. That helps when you're, uh, going out in short sleeves to practice November 1st. Cause I remember going in sweatpants and a coat to practice in Nebraska about this time. Cold weather to us is probably normal weather for you. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. 
All right, so Noah, before we we wrap this up, just a few more things for you. Seeing your name on that Jerry Rice Award watch list that came out just a few weeks ago, what was that feeling? Uh, it was pretty cool. You know, I called my parents right away and said, "Hey, you gotta look at Twitter." They said I was a Jerry Rice Award watch list. Uh, my parents were pretty proud of me. And then after those few minutes, then it was like I realized I just gotta I just gotta keep working. Uh, it shows that I have potential. Uh, it doesn't mean anything, really. It just shows that I got some potential. And uh, we got to win some ball games here and uh, really show show why I'm up there. Noah, what does Noah Walter have to work on personally and in- individually to be a better quarterback? Uh, I think poise in the pocket is a big one. Uh, sometimes I escape a little bit too early. Uh and I just need to trust the guys up front. They're doing a great job all year. Uh, they've, they've picked up some amazing blitzes. Uh, they've, they've really held defensive lines to minimum amount of sacks. And sometimes it's my fault when I walk into the sack. Uh, I think just staying in the pocket and being on time for those, some of those throws in the pocket. Last thing for, I have for you, Noah, but before we turn you loose, and we appreciate you giving us the time. These final three games, what's the motivation for this team as we close out the season? Uh Let's get these things done. Uh, you know, I just want to finish strong. Uh, the pass is in the past. This is the last quarter of the season. I really want to finish strong. Uh, get get two of these wins and then go play Memphis and uh, get a little upset there. That'd be really nice. The graduate joins us, Kyrie Fields, his third season here at the University of North Alabama. 63 tackles leading this team, an interception, one fumble recovery, two forced fumbles, two and a half tackles for loss. It's an all-conference caliber year for Kyrie Fields. Kyrie, thanks for chatting with us. Appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Now, our listeners can't see you right now because this is a podcast, but you're rocking an awesome Oakland A's hat. Every time I see you, you've got on a different MLB hat. You told me you've got about 10 different hats. How do you pick which one you're going to wear? Um, Mostly by the color, but like on days like this, just pick one up and go. I like it. All right, your season this year, 63 tackles. What were your goals heading into the year? Um, To lead the team in tackles again. I wanted to lead the team in interceptions as well. But um, the big goal is just try to make my own teammates better. I feel like last year uh, we really didn't have that, so I wanted to be a better teammate this year. Kyrie, Brian Nice here. Talk about your role uh, in the secondary, uh, your position, and what's kind of uh, what are you looking for uh, as as the offense is coming to the line of scrimmage? What's Kyrie looking to see? Um, first, I'm just trying to see what formation they in, where the receivers at, um, where the running back aligned at. Um, after that, I try to get the call from the coaches, then make the check. So um, some calls, if they come out in trips, I got to make a certain check. So basically my role is just letting everybody know what play we in, what um, their responsibility is. How hard was it to, to learn and grow into that role? Um, it wasn't very hard. I got um, I started doing it my freshman year in JUCO. So about the time I got here, um, it was something that was already instilled in me. Um, in JUCO, they let me basically call the plays. So um, I had um, came up with good leadership qualities at JUCO. So when I got here, it just came naturally. Kyrie, one of the, the things that I've always wanted to ask you and other defenders is I was always an offensive guy. Never got to play defense. Never good enough to play defense. But I got to imagine uh, you get an interception, a, a fumble, whatever. Uh, you get the ball back for your offense. That's just got to be the most rewarding feeling. 
Yeah, it's a different feeling. You know, if you hit some, have a hard hit, hit somebody hard, or pick up a fumble, it's a it's a good feeling. But catching the interception is a, a feeling that you really can't explain. Um, especially because we defensive players, so a lot of people say we can't catch or this and that. So catching the interception is very special, very exciting. Get the whole team hype. It's really a game changer. Do you remember your first interception at UNA? I do against Southern Miss. I, I remember it too. And you're from Columbus, Mississippi yeah, against Southern Miss. God, we almost won that ball game. Was that one super memorable for you? Definitely, just because I had a lot of friends and family in the stands knowing um, we was playing in Mississippi, so it was very big. You just had a quarterback there in the room with you. Does Kyrie ever get to come on a blitz and get to rattle a quarterback every now and then, maybe just once or twice? Uh, I wish I could. We got a blitz where I come, <laughs> but Coach Campbell don't never call it, and I be I be begging him. I be begging him to call it. He never call it though. All right, you and Jeffrey battle in the back end. I mean, we could almost call you guys the Bash Brothers. He's got fifty tackles. How much do you enjoy playing back there with with Jeffrey? Uh, I really enjoy playing with Jeffrey. I feel like we um very similar in how we play. Both of us are good tacklers. Um. Yeah, it's fun playing with him, knowing that you got somebody else beside you that can make any tackle, or um, if somebody break, I got trust that he gonna get him down. So it's great playing with Jeff. Kyrie, we talked about your interception at Southern Miss. Is there another moment in your UNA career to this point that that you look back and on, on that you look back on and say, "Oh man, that is the moment that I'm gonna remember." Um, I had a real big hit against um. I think it was Charleston Southern on the sideline, a real big hit that I um I got the video on my phone. I catch myself all the way watching the video. So that that's one moment that that's big to me. How hard is it to get big hits in football today with so many of the safety rule changes? Uh, it's definitely hard. It's almost impossible. Um, I feel like you just gotta work on. It. That's something I worked on. Um, coming out of JUCO. Because I felt like I was going to get a lot of targeting calls on me for how I play and how I hit. So I um I used to be at home working on getting my head out the way. So that's something I worked on. But it's very hard, um, especially when the offensive player are dropping their head too. So it's very hard. Brian and I have a lot of discussions about this in the booth. Usually during commercial breaks, yeah. not on air, but we almost always side with the defenders yeah. in those calls. Yeah, it is almost impossible to not use your head to tackle somebody. Ben knows how I feel about <laughs> targeting targeting penalties, and, and I, I try to keep that under control on the air, but it's got to be so difficult to, um, especially Kyrie when a play is right on the sideline. Yeah. And then a defender is expected to basically – stop his momentum and so you do a great job of that and honestly i don't know how in the world you do it but kudos to you i know that's got to be tough appreciate it yeah, it's definitely tough it's, i don't even know how to explain it. it's something that's impossible but i guess it's good for football but i feel like it's um it should be another um descriptive for targeting and just head-to-head contact because a lot of times the offensive players are trying to run us over we might try to hit them low and not hit them with our head, and they drop their head, and it's, you know, so it's tough, but you got to deal with it. I think back to the Eastern Kentucky game, and you had a big pass breakup late in the game when we needed the football back. They're running back out of the backfield, called it on the near sideline, and you absolutely leveled him. Mm-hmm. Ended up being a pass breakup. So we're talking about this. You as a defender, how do you put yourself in a position to have that clean hit? 
Um, so as I was coming down, I um the quarterback threw it back shoulder, so I knew however I hit him, it was gonna be a pretty hard hit. But I basically just tried to um turn my head and just give him my shoulder. So I just tried to give him all of my right shoulder and hopefully he dropped the ball and he did. All right, Kyrie, I'm gonna put you on the spot. You ready? Yes, sir. Who is the hardest hitting defender on UNA's football team? Definitely me. Me, me, <laughs> I love it. I me, love it. Me and Cummings had this debate almost every day, and I think it's me. Cummings has had some hard hits. I'll tell you a guy I, I've noticed on special teams coming up with some pretty big hits, and it may not be making a tackle, but hitting a blocker or something. Jacob Peters. Yeah, Jacob. In special teams, Jacob Peters is the first person down the field every special team. They give 100% effort every special team. Who's the under-the-radar big hitter? The guy you might not think of. I think um, Battle hit pretty hard. Yeah, I, I say Battle. I think Battle hit pretty hard. Who wears the crown of top trash talker? Top trash talker on Terrell Bailey. I have to go <laughs> get him from talking almost every place. Definitely Terrell Bailey. And he from Louisiana, so they don't know how to calm down. So when he get riled up, he just he don't know how to act. Let's flip it over and talk about the offense. Who's the guy on offense that you say, man, that, that guy's a dog. I don't like it when he comes and tries to block me or runs towards me with the football. Uh, definitely Sean Derrick and Floyd, them two, that I feel like everybody had the most problem. I thought it was just me. I'm glad they're doing it <laughs> against other teams now because I would have felt bad if it was just me. Do you ever catch yourself watching Sean Derrick and just getting gratitude that, hey, he he ran over that guy too or he yeah. ran right past that guy? Well, me and um, I think me and Riley Evans last game, we were like, well, we glad they doing it. He doing it to other people <laughs> too, not just us. That's awesome. Kyrie, three games left in in this season. What is, what's the goal for Kyrie over his last few games? Um, Just to try to stay healthy and finish the season. Um, Try to give the young guys um, – Try to be a leader to them and show them um, don't quit no matter how the season going. And I feel like um, it's really going to pay off for them. I feel like UNA is going to turn it around in a year or two. So um, I feel like my job is to keep working hard, keep playing, and showing the young guys a good example. And get that defensive touchdown. Yeah, definitely. And that defensive touchdown. We thought you had it last week on the scoop and score. Last thing I have for you, Kyrie, I know a big moment for you when you graduated over the summer. Mm -hmm. Take us through the, the range of emotions you felt walking across the stage and what it means for your family. Um, It was a great feeling. Um, I'm the first person in my family to graduate college, so um, that was big. It was something my mom and my dad stressed um, throughout my whole life. So um, graduating, I feel like it was for them. You know, um, I think they got they was more excited than I was um, walking through the stage. So um, it was basically just a um, tribute to my family and their hard work. And what's next for you when you finish playing football? Um, I want to get into coaching. You know, if an opportunity um, comes with next level playing football, I would try that out. But if not, I want to start coaching high school. And that goes back to, to what you were saying. You, you call the plays on the field. You're ready, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs>